With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the April 19th edition of the PFF Forecast. Uh, we are just a few days away from the NFL draft. NFL draft props starting to proliferate a little bit more. So we're going to take this approach until the NFL draft comes. We're going to give out our favorite draft props each episode leading up to the draft so that no matter where you are listening, when you are listening, you can become a member of the printing press and get ready to rock here. Uh, this is the time when money is made. It is the time that sports books do not want to have to put bets on the board. They do so reluctantly, and we will capitalize. We'll also talk about a little Trey Lance and where he might end up. I shed a tear uh, and reminisce about the great Justin Fields syndicate uh, that once was. Let's rock. Uh, Arjun, um, you can only be with us for 15 minutes, so we're going to make the absolute most of it. Rumor has it, um, rumor has it that you lost your coat uh, chasing after uh, a young lady <laughs> the weekend, and you have to run to a date with her. So you know, we we approve. That's okay. Yeah, Source, sources confirm, or maybe not confirm. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get back to the football. We got We got to stick with the best here. Yeah, let's do it. So let's let's start with this. We're going to go. Um, the kind of around the horn, our favorite uh, bets right now, and there'll be there'll be a couple. So um, let's let's kick it off, Brad. Where does your head go right now? You're placing draft props. Um, what is what is number one? Yeah, uh, I'll go two. I'm going to go a, a, a flat odds and a long odds. They're my favorite right now. They're somewhat correlated, but not really. But nevertheless, the, the short odds one, uh, I think right now you can still get Peter Skaronsky under eleven and a half. Is the over under there? I think the under, I'm not sure what the price is as of right now, um, is a phenomenal play. I, I like the under there a ton. I think he will be a top 10 pick. I think he could be top seven or so pick, top eight pick. Uh, so that is one. And then it's loosely correlated, not really necessarily, but um, we talked a little bit about the team and position props a ton. I think for all of these, unless there's a very, very obvious situation and the team is picking early, you should just take long odds that somewhat makes sense when you look at the 2024 depth chart. So, Detroit Lions are 40 to one to take an offensive lineman sixth overall. 
I mean, yes, I get they need defensive line. They need corner. They need some other spots. But and and I am kind of saying they're correlated because I think it could be Peter Skaronsky. But to me, 40 to one uh, is just crazy. And and I think cornerbacks minus money, any minus money position bet in the NFL draft, in my opinion, is a sucker bet unless it's, you know, Carolina taking QB minus money. So Peter Skaronsky is basically the TLDR right there. Yep. All right, Arjun, where's your head at? Yeah, so one of my favorites that I've bet uh, like multiple times is the New Orleans Saints to take a defensive lineman with their first pick uh, in the first round. Not only, I mean, if I could bet on Mickey Loomis trading up, I'd do that as well. But look at what the Saints have gone through this offseason. They lost Caden Ellis and they lost Marcus Davenport to free agency, both of their edge players. They lose David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, and um, one more, one more into you. Brad, do you know the name? One more on the two. interior or on the outside? It, on the interior. Total, uh, no, but those are the highlights. Yeah, those are the highlights. So they, they didn't really make any move to replace either of them. Um, and this is kind of the range where you can see someone like a Mozzie Smith, um, someone like a Brian Brice, Brice, Will McDonald. So there, this is like the range for some of these edge interior defensive linemen prospects. They, ha- they still have to address the defensive line. Uh, Mickey Loomis, throughout his tenure since 2011, he has the most draft capital allocated to the edge and interior defense alignment uh, positions uh, together in the top hundreds of with their premium picks. So I, I, he's someone who would do that. Dennis Allen, defensive head coach, obviously he's going to try to get guys that fit his system. So I really like Saints to draft a defense alignment. I would take it a plus money, uh, plus 100 on FanDuel right now. That's like by far my favorite bet uh, of this draft cycle as of right now. Interesting. Um, so there, there's... Uh... There are a few interesting ones, and I should call this out. So on, um, I'm in Ohio right now, and uh, FanDuel is offering me one draft prop. That's uh, a Stenson Bennett draft prop. So that's exciting. Um, but on DraftKings right now, they do they have taken down the number one and number two pick markets. They start with pick number three, uh, and then you can bet four, five, six seven, eight, nine, and 10. Uh, but they've taken down the first two, which I think is notable. Um, I have I have one that, that kind of s- caught me uh, here, which is uh, quarterback. Third quarterback selected. Uh, Will Levis is plus 100. Anthony Richardson is plus 120. And CJ Stroud is, is plus 350. And I kind of wanted to, Hennon Hooker, by the way, is, is <laughs> nine to one. I don't think it'll be any other. Um, but... I am curious your guys' take on C.J. Stroud at plus 350. Um, so all that has to happen is a team has to like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis a little bit more than C.J. Stroud. I feel like C.J. Stroud like jumped into the consensus number two or number one guy because of Carolina trading up. But is there any evidence to say that like that's actually the case? Um, and if so, um, you know, getting over three to one odds kind of uh, intrigues me there. I would bet that for sure. I think he's going to be the third quarterback taken. I think Richardson will go ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. I think if you look at how the draft could shake out, right, the second and third uh, overall picks, it doesn't really seem like they're in high demand anymore for whatever reason. I know we had a lot of talk about the first four picks are all going to be quarterbacks. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be that way anymore. And we could see a scenario where it's young at one and then Texans balk on a quarterback and they go Anderson and then Cardinals can't find a trade partner. So they're taking a non QB and based on 
The Colts, I do think they would probably take a quarterback. I, I think it would be Richardson because uh, Shane Steichen, their head coach, has worked with Justin Herbert. He's worked with Jalen Hurts, so he has he's seen what a big arm and a dual threat quarterback can do. Richardson kind of fits both of those bills. And then it's just between Stroud and Levis. I think Stroud would be picked before Levis. And um, it does seem like most teams have Levis uh, as QB4 on their board. Uh, people have really t- talked about the Texans really liking Levis. So if there was a team to take, Levis, it would be the Texans. I don't necessarily see the Raiders or the Titans taking Levis. So I do like that bet. Um, and Stride, I think, would be the third quarterback off the board if uh, non-quarterbacks go two and three. Yeah, that, that was kind of my take as well. And you could see it also, um, uh, Brad, your latest mock draft, which people can find on Twitter using the PFF mock draft simulator, um, is, is indicative of that. I think you have the quarterback kind of spread out uh, over the course of the first round. And I think that also uh, increases the, the the chances here of Stroud being third. So that, that's kind of my favorite one at the moment. Um, let's k- keep this going, Brad. What's your next? Yeah, so, I mean, Arjun should jump into it a little bit. We talked about it, but um, the, the over five and a half defensive backs, do you know the price on that right now, Arjun? Yeah, so when I last checked on FanDuel, it was minus 115. Uh, it is currently... It's currently minus 135 on, on DraftKings um, and on FanDuel. On FanDuel, it is uh, minus 125. Okay, so I don't love the price. I still do think it's going to hit, so I'll pivot, and maybe you can talk about that one. Obviously, you you know show that to me. So I'll do another team one. Um, the Packers are 4-1 to one to go defensive line. I think you're getting a ton of bets on wide receiver, on tight end, um, they're sitting at 15. I think they're right in the range of guys like Miles Murphy, maybe Lucas Van Ness, though I do think he's probably going to go earlier at this point, maybe a Nolan Smith type player. I don't think they're going to use this pick on a wide receiver or a tight end. Uh, and I just think that DL is most likely. You have, you know, Rashawn Gary coming off a torn ACL. Uh, Preston Smith, you know, got a reworked deal last year. I want to say he has two years left, maybe even one real year left on his contract, even though it was like a five-year deal, whatever, whatever the heck it was. So um, another team position fit that I like that I think is the third or fourth odds, you know, of, of that team, you know, being the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, no, I like that one. Um, and yeah, Packers, I think they are kind of a little mispriced with their defensive line um, to kind of circle back to the defensive backs one. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, obviously the price has gotten or it's become more juiced for a reason. Um, I think when you look at the defensive backs that could go in the first round, I would categorize them into like three tiers. Um, so so the locks, the defensive back locks would be uh, Gonzalez and Witherspoon, um, the kind of like. Would probably is probably going to go in the first round would be Joey Porter Jr. and Deontay Banks. So that's four. And then um, Emmanuel Forbes, I think I would throw in there as well. I think he's been getting a lot of love. And then you just need one of someone like Cam Smith or Brian Branch uh, to kind of go in that top, you know, 32. And I think because Brian Branch is kind of seen as that safe prospect or someone who can play safety or slot corner, a team like the Jags or a team. I don't know, maybe even like the Eagles uh, could look to take him and that would, you know, cast the over. So you kind of have five really locked in, I think. And then you have, you just need one of the branch slash uh, Cam Smith to kind of hit. And because I think DBs are always um, necessary and teams will kind of always want DB depth. I think you'll see a team kind of pay up for that. That's interesting. Cause I was looking at um, like draft position. I think that can give you, those markets can give you a little, little bit of, you know, a thought to what's going to happen here. Joey Porter Jr.'s 
uh, draft position uh, prop is 16 and a half, but it's minus 275 uh, over um, plus 205 under. So uh, why they haven't just moved it at this point. Um, but it's notable to me that that it's that high, right? And I guess that, you know, obviously they're saying it's it's going to go over. So maybe it's really true numbers somewhere in the 20s. Um, but that was not something that we were thinking, or at least I wasn't thinking about even a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I don't think he tested. Did he test really, really well? But that is, or not that well at the combine and his pro day was really good. But he tested better than expected, but the expectation was not very good. Uh, like he basically yeah. was just like not so bad that it knocked him way down boards. Yeah, but I think that's indicative of some of the, the movement up with the defensive backs. Is there a question for you guys? Is there a um, a position that needs to kind of fall out for that to happen? And is there one that you think slides more than others? Because this to me feels like corners moving up, right? Generally, you see teams prioritize the bigger players, defensive linemen, guys that are going to be more rare from a physical perspective earlier on. And you see some of those corners slide. I mean, you guys have been at the forefront of uh, the analysis that shows, right, that the surplus, you know, the value that you're getting by drafting a corner late is generally going to be higher than that of, you know, someone like a defensive lineman. So it's better to wait on those positions. So is there a slide that's happening uh, that results in this, do you guys think? If I had to guess, I would say the slide is receiver, where I think it legitimately could be three receivers and Quentin Johnston might not be a first round pick. Um, wow. And then I would say, yeah. And then I would say maybe offensive line as well, uh, where a guy like Anton Harrison, who, you know, is getting mocked in a lot of first rounds, maybe slides out. And then you don't see any centers, any guards like an Osiris Torrance. Like, you know, again, those guys aren't really popular mocks, but you'll, you'll see Joe Tittman. You'll see John Michael Schmitz. You'll see Osiris Torrance. I would guess that if we get this run on defensive backs, it's because none of those guys actually make it into the first round. Interesting. Do you think that the linemen are sliding uh, or wide receivers, Arjun? Yeah, I do. I think Quentin Johnson is, is probably someone who's, as people like watch a little bit more of his tape, maybe don't like him as much. And the Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison hype, I think has been increasing ever since, I guess, the combine ended. Um, so, yeah, I think Johnson could, he could go in the late. 20s i have a like 19 to 1 ticket for him to go go to the vikings so i wouldn't mind if kwesi uh you know traded back and took him at some point but um yeah i, I think realistically we see only three receivers go in the in the first round i'll shoot him a text for you <laughs> um all right Arjun, we appreciate you uh, making time on a busy school night for you i know what school nights can be like uh one of these days you know you'll be like brad and i where uh Wednesday night's a night out. So, you know, um, yeah, only... <laughs> yeah, we'll see a quick reminder. I should say, Brad, that if you're not a member of the printing press now, then I don't know when you'll ever get your life together, but the printing press, uh, is, uh, a great community in general during draft season. The value is really going to increase, uh, cause as soon as we hear stuff, we say stuff and that allows you to, to capitalize. Um, it also appears like there's a, uh, uh, fire alarm that's going off in the building. So hopefully I don't go down with this being the last thing that I ever say, but go join the printing press discord. Um, the link is in the description and you can also find it on our, uh, on our Twitters. It is a great, uh, great time to join also good shelf PFF plus subscription. It is equally a good time to get that as well because it's 40% off right now.
Yeah, draft 40 is the promo code. That means you get the draft guide, the new version dropping in just a week. You get all of the great written content and analysis. You get the draft guide that's dropping after the draft that's going to have free agency and draft, so a full off-season grade for your team. All the player profiles organized by team. You get the premium mock draft sim. No better time to get that. And with an annual subscription, you get all of the fantasy and betting tools for next year. So go get yourself locked in pff.com and the PFF app. All right, Brad. Um, it Just a few short years ago, the San Francisco 49ers traded three first round picks, right? Uh, to go up and get the third overall pick in the draft. They moved from, I think it was 12 to, to three. And um, that was the beginning of the syndicate on the PFF forecast. We had a no Mac Jones syndicate was a little bit of a, of a, of a Justin field syndicate. We actually ended up getting a lot down on Trey Lance at plus money. Um, the biggest ticket I had uh, was him at 11 to one, right when the news broke um, on Trey Lance, Trey Lance ends up getting picked obviously by the, the 49ers. Is that potentially coming to an end? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to happen during this draft. I think the big thing here is just like you can't make a, a snap decision while Brock Purdy continues to recover with the elbow injury. But and I know this is going to just make you shudder down your spine. Look, you go ahead and sign Sam Darnold. So you do have a you know hmm. starting option for the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, yes. <laughs> if there's a disaster scenario, but look, I'll tell you, I probably mentioned it on this podcast um, months ago. Um, I did not expect him to be starting again in a San Francisco 49ers uniform. I still don't. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to be a draft trade, but I, I think teams like the Tennessee Titans, the Minnesota Vikings, he's from Minnesota um, and the Houston Texans too. Now, if the rumors are true, they do not want to take a quarterback in Houston. You of course have D'Amico Ryans and PFF, Bobby, Bobby Slowick. Uh, Bobby might know Trey Lance's strengths. weakness is better than anyone in the entire NFL. Wasn't he the quarterback's coach yeah. in San Francisco um, or whatever, you know, whatever his title was. And then um, in Tennessee, of course you have Rand Carthon, the new general manager. I think they're a team to keep an eye on as well. We've mentioned they're in the quarterback market, uh, you know, in the, tr in the draft and all these spots. So those two, and then, like I said, Minnesota, just because they obviously need to replace Kirk Cousins, Going to last year of his deal, cannot be franchise tagged. Um, I mean, old regardless. Uh, I, I think, but let's say before week one, I, if Brock Purdy, you know, the elbow heals over the next couple months, I think he will be on a different roster before week one. The Quezzy uh, Lynch relationship is also noteworthy for Minnesota, right? It's much easier to get the deal done with, with people you know than people you don't. Um, and Lynch, I think, has proven to be good at getting deals done, right? He's made a lot of trades. I, I think that needs to be thought through when you're considering the chances of someone getting traded, right? This is a human interaction between two guys that have generally a lot of ego. So if they're not kind of predisposed to getting that shit done, it's probably not going to get done. Um, the Texans one, I think, is fascinating. Am I right in saying, and maybe I'm mixing up quarterbacks, Maybe this was Brock Purdy, actually. But I thought that Bobby Slowick was actually the guy that beat the drum for Trey Lance. Was he not? That sounds to me like an article that may have been about uh, Brock Purdy. So I, I okay. could be wrong that, on that, that one. That, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But I know he was beating the uh, beating the drum for, for someone because John Lynch mentioned it. He was like, you know, our guy, Bobby Slowick. Um, said, hey, check this guy out. You know, and it makes sense that it was Brock Purdy because I think I read it last year. 
Um, and they certainly weren't saying that about Trey Lance last year, uh, promoting anyone that that said anything about Trey Lance. Um, so, you know, I think that it's interesting. The Texans are, are they are either going to be the number one team after him or the, the last team after him, right? Like, <laughs> the, because if the Niners are giving up on him, you know, is Brock Purdy that compelling? I would say this tells you a lot more about Trey Lance than it does Brock Purdy. That, that's my take on this. I completely agree with you. I, I really do. It, it, I mean, the comments to be so you go from last year, you know, this is Trey's team, all those things to, I mean, mm-hmm. Rapport said it today. Like, don't take my word on it. I mean, with all due respect, his tweet was the most obvious where the source came from in the history of tweets from insiders. But, mm-hmm. but also he was like, don't care about my tweet. Like you heard at press conferences from Lynch and Shanahan. This is Brock's team. Brock's the guy. Like they clearly have moving, moved on. Why that's the case. We don't know. But like you said, you know, would that also apply to Bobby Slowick, to D'Amico Ryans, to Rand Carthon? I don't know. Right. I think it's also just a classic, like, well, we could fix him. We believed him at one point. We can get him in here. He's still 22 years old. He still has barely played any football really at all um, at a competitive level. But, yeah, no, it's a good point. Like, they, their connection is either a positive or or it's a strong negative. Yeah, it could be a, a big negative. And I think that would probably translate – you know, Quezzy's got to be, you know, still able to kind of get some of that insight. He he was there, I think, still. No, no, he was in Cleveland when they uh, when they picked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what? So I think it makes sense to wait until. I, I don't think it'll be a draft trade. I agree with you because it feels like another quarterback getting injured. You know, makes the price go up a little bit at some point. But let's say that this trade happens. You know, uh, closer to the season. What's the realistic compensation here? Because as soon as you put a guy like Trey Lance on the block, the price goes down, right? You don't. Have, I don't think they have a lot of teams necessarily calling in, beating down the door for him. So you kind of have to go out and and search. So that to me drives the price down. What do you think, Brad? I will say also one point to that. It, you know, wait, wait through the draft to see if if Houston does not take one, if Tennessee does not take one, mm-hmm. then you're and let's say Minnesota also doesn't take one, then you do have potentially you know more bidders that don't have as many options available to them. So it probably is smart to wait. Of course, there is the flip side of that, but um, I really don't think the value is going to be phenomenal here. Like you said, they don't have a ton of leverage. Um, it's interesting, like for Sam Darnold to catch to fetch a second, fourth, and sixth. I do think that also just took a remarkably desperate Carolina Panthers team that, you know, just frankly just made a terrible decision and almost could scare teams away. For me, I think it looks like the Carson Wentz trade, another bad trade um, for a less desperate team, but nevertheless, like a third and a conditional third that could become a second or something like that. Uh, Unfortunately, after giving up, like you said, multiple first round picks, I think that's more what it looks like. Maybe you do get a second, but then, I mean, I would take, you know, two thirds instead. I know obviously people want to get this, this high first pick, but yeah, there's no chance a first round pick is involved in this trade. That is tough to hear. That's the toughest thing. The Donald thing was tough to hear. That's tougher to hear, to to be honest with you. And to be rolling with, I mean, I, I am a, what's your take on, on Brock Purdy? Because this feels a flash in the pan, maybe a little harsh, but um, you know, especially with the injury and, and I'll say this, I mean, you watch him play, he graded fine, but you know, everyone wanted to try and draw these distinctions between him and Jimmy G at the end of the day, the grade looked very similar. It, it really did. And he made some throws that were straight to defenders too. less of them got caught this year than you know, the ones that we've seen from Jimmy, but it wasn't 
I wouldn't say that he put the team on his back. So I, I don't know. I, I struggle to kind of think that you're putting all your eggs in that basket, given the, given the injury, where do you stand with Brock? Yeah, this is a weird way to put this, but for me, I think you get less of the, you know, high floor, safe throws, put it in good position for yards after the catch, all that stuff. But I do think you get not to truly just, I'm just taking shots at you today. Um, like, yeah. I do think Brock Purdy hits the Emmanuel Sanders throw. Like, I think like, like, uh, like, like the, yin and yang, the trade-offs you get is like, I think you get some of the higher highs, but I think because Sanders on- decides to dive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a weird way to put it, but you know, I'm trying to say is like, I think you do get some of the, but you're all are going to say like, are you in that position where that throw matters? If Purdy's starting the first three quarters that I don't know, like it's, he, t- he takes shots. Like he, he is not this totally safe player. Like you said, some bounced off defenders hands. He did complete some of them for sure. Um, so for me, that's where I didn't like the the, you know, the grapple. I, I get they graded similarly, but I think their mentality um, is a bit different. Yeah, I, I this is true. I think they have some similarities in the um, the personality. Like I think the players do, you know, like both guys. But as soon as you go to yeah, the players love this guy, and that's like the number one thing that you've got on your list. Like what you have is a backup quarterback. Like if it's the number one thing on your list. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like G, I I love Jimmy. You know, some of it is tongue in cheek. Some of it is is true because I just love the hate that people have for him, and I want to be on the other side of that. But like, is Jimmy G really a starter in this league? I think we're finding out that you know he's probably fringe. He's probably bridge. He's probably eventually backup, right? Uh, quarterback in the league and the odds are not in Brock Purdy's favor, right? Like I'm not going to read into the seventh round pick thing, but I think we get a little nostalgic about Tom Brady being a late pick and, and thinking it's more doable, you know, and that like, that's going to happen. But I, I don't know. I'm concerned about the injury. I don't think the play last year was something that you, you know, put a ton, a ton of stock in. They have an amazing supporting cast. I mean, amazing supporting cast. And, um, so I'm not sure that that dissuades me from from trading Trey Lance, but I would say this: if all you're getting are a couple of thirds back, like how do you think about the distribution of outcomes for try some things with Trey Lance versus get two third round picks? And and you know take note of the fact that the Niners have very few high picks this year. But like I don't know, as you weigh those options, which would you rather have? That's the thing. Like, there is downside risk. If he goes somewhere else, he gets more experience, gets more time. Like, he's like three, he's three years younger than Hennon Hooker, right? Like, it, it, there is risk there that you just why would you dad. sell? Right, you bought at the top of the market, and now you're potentially selling at the bottom of the market. Like, why do that? But to your point, I think for better or for worse, probably for worse, like teams care about all the, oh, the locker rooms behind this guy, and he's a leader, mm-hmm. and yada yada yada. And I don't think Lance is not no not capable of being those things, but. Like you said, if that's the first thing you say, it's kind of like when you ask your buddy about a girl or you ask your buddy's girlfriend about one of her friends. And she, instead of saying how like she's, oh yeah, she's really sweet. That's kind of a signal. She may be. Yeah. Right. Super nice guy. Like stand up guy. It's okay. Like he's not a looker per se. Like it's, it's kind of a similar, similar thing there. So yeah, I, I do think I would say this though. The one argument I would make is let's say him and Garoppolo, we say are on the same plane of player. 
the day you got Jimmy Garoppolo and San Fran, you were paying him to the top of the market. You're paying uh, Brock Purdy absolutely nothing the next couple mm-hmm. of years. So that's kind of the argument is, you know, can we can we spend even more around him than the great team we already had because he's getting paid? You know what Jimmy was twenty eight twenty eight million dollars a year the day he got there. Purdy's yeah. making like a million and a half dollars a year. But does that come into fruition this year? I guess is my question, right? And if you trade Trey Lance this year, Trey Lance's value is not going to get that much worse next year. Like, how could it get worse? Let's think about this. So let's say that, let's say that Brock Purdy sucks next year, and you have to play Trey Lance. The only way his his uh, his stock goes down is if he's terrible, <laughs> right? Like otherwise, like you've still got a super talented guy coming off an injury, and you can you know get some sort of later pick for him. I, I find it hard to imagine that right now you're, as you said, you're selling at the absolute bottom of the market and you haven't even seen that much of this guy. So it tells me two things. If they're willing to trade this guy, I think it comes down to the fact that this dude is just not getting it done off the field. Like I know the video, everyone has, I think most people have gone to a strip club before Like, I'm not going to say that that's the reason, like Jimmy G's done plenty of things, but I, you know, the timing of it was, was interesting. I, I don't think you're giving up on a number three overall pick that's been this mired and unlucky by injuries. That's like putting in the work is my point. Like, you know, I, no, I I don't just, there's something more than football there. No, I don't disagree at all. It did finally come out. Uh, I mean, I I will say we should give him some credit because he kind of got killed for this but like michael silver talking about the arm fatigue thing that that the team kind of like shit on it down his throat for saying it like it came out to be true like lance himself said like i've been throwing for so long over extended period of time that i have had arm fatigue and like that like that to me again i'm not gonna like blame the kid but maybe you are concerned about that in some way shape or form it can't just be like yeah he just like stinks in practice or like they, they, you know, we, we've heard he's a super smart guy. I don't think he can't grasp the playbook. Like, I don't think that's the case either. I hear you. I mean, yeah, the, the you, you never know. But it, the, the energy we're getting, it does seem like it's there's more going on there. It's like you said, like, why else would you give up just so easily and so cleanly? Just like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. just, just going to move on now. With with a guy that you're moving on to that it doesn't, you don't, you know, is injured already. Um, you yeah. think about this the super smart guy, we talked about this with the S2 and actually Chris was talking about the S2, uh, in the office this week. And, um, you know, the, the whole super smart thing, uh, there are plenty of super smart people out there that can't actually go out and run a football play. Now, yeah. why do I bring that up? It has nothing to do with the fact that Trey Lance isn't a football player. He obviously is. I, what he did at, at, uh, North Dakota was very small sample and was, as we talked about, like. They were winning all, all this. Every time he stepped on the field, they were winning. They were winning by a lot. And he had a huge athletic advantage over, you know, the players he was playing against. So, I, you know, I don't know that necessarily those smarts, it's not that they won't carry over, but I think it could take more time, right? As opposed to like, it's just going to kind of like Bryce Young. I expect Bryce Young to step on the field and diagnose things and be on the money, right? Because he's gotten all that time and retention in those situations in those high stress situations with, with great athletes on the field. So I think if, if uh, you know, from my standpoint, I would hold on to him for a year and um, kind of play the cards a little bit, trust in Kyle Shanahan. If, if things do work out to get the most out of this guy 
And if you need to cut bait the next year, cut bait the next year and and go all in on Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think it makes sense too because you're also talking about a guy who the fifth year option decision is not this offseason, it's the following one. So look, you do lose mm-hmm. some value the, you know, the fewer rookie contract years you have, but it's not like you know a team still could get that second year. Let's say he does make a couple starts, looks pretty good, but you're still a Brock mm-hmm. Purdy fan. Like it, there, there's certainly an argument there. To the smarts thing, I mean, this is going back to like Billy Bean type stuff, but yeah, there can be paralysis by analysis. I mean, you like you also don't want to be, you want to turn your brain off sometimes and just play a sport and not think. And I'm sure a quarterback that that definitely applies, where you start seeing ghosts or you know whatever uh, Niners legend Sammy Darnold said back in the yeah. day. So um, yeah, it, it kind of does go both ways. Yeah, and maybe he's got. I mean, he obviously had a, a terrible injury to Trey Lance did, but if someone's going to figure out a way to get something out of him you gotta think the guy is kyle shanahan <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very very interesting um well i'll follow this very very closely i'll let you know if i get any insider information um you know from all my sources in in the bay area uh see what trey lance has been up to um i will note and i say this because i am noted for doing lots of scouting on instagram as far as uh, draft prospects go i haven't quite done that to the degree that i normally do but I did so heavily that year because I was uh, an interested party. But Trey Lance has been on vacation for like the past two weeks. So okay. um, I don't know if there's any correlation uh, to those pieces, but I saw some, some, and it didn't look like he was partying. It looked like he was on a boat uh, in Hawaii, it seemed like. And just a lot of his pictures, his posts were similar, I think, to what you'd expect from like most couples on a romantic uh, okay. You know, trip where it's just like, look at this beautiful ocean. Look at this amazing mountain. Look at this great beach. And he wasn't like in any of the pictures. So that's my my social media update. That's your high level Instagram analysis. Maybe you got like some hair plugs or something. So I didn't want to be in the pictures. That that would be the most positive thing to come out of. Uh, to come out of it, yeah, he should hit up Lewis Hamilton. He can help him out with some high quality hair plugs. I think his dra- I think his trade value goes up like a touch if he has a better hairline. I'll just I'll just put it out there. It's surprising that just the picture of him working out with Mahomes didn't have like the Sean McVay effect, right? Where like if you're a, a head coach photographed in a in a room drawing up a play with McVay, you're a you're a head coach the next day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's because he spent some time with uh, Jackson Mahomes learning some TikTok dances afterwards. We'll find out. That'll be your in-depth analysis for the trade. That'll that'll be next. Tune in on Sunday to hear that analysis. <laughs> uh, don't don't do that. Uh, but do join uh, the Printing Press Discord. Follow Brad and Arjun on Twitter at pf underscore Brad at Arjun Menon one hundred. Join the Discord to get the most up to the date information on all of the draft props that we are tracking. Um, and have a wonderful rest of your week. We love you. Peace.